You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Romans chapter 12. And then look up John chapter 16. We're going to move there straight afterwards. So Romans chapter 12. How many of you were here this morning? You're back. And again and again. Amen. And so if you did miss this morning's message, I really want to encourage you. We, we were having a look at the importance of knowing who we are as spirit beings, that uh, we have a soul that's our mind, will, and emotions, and how God will lead us as we live in a body. Even though we're in a body, He's going to guide us by our spirits, not our heads, not our feelings, not our circumstances, not through the five senses. He is spirit, and He leads by spirit. And in that message, we spoke about how important it is to renew the mind because the soul is, the, is that part of you where the leading of the Holy Spirit is going to be translated through in order for you to be able to live it out into your natural world. So rather than living from the outside in, making decisions based on circumstances, and then you make a decision, instead you are being led from the inside out. And so to get it from our spirit through our mind, you recognize that God, we have to be able to recognize what God's saying and what He's doing according to His Word. Because Satan, he knows he can't speak to you in your spirit, but if he can speak straight to your mind, which he is able to do, and then somehow convince us that that's God, he can cause us to think that was God speaking to us. And how are we going to know the difference? And that's where we had a look at how the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to separate spirit from soul, the thought from the intent of the heart. In other words, when we hear a leading, we're going to discern that and determine that against the Word of God. Now, I've said all that because then we had a look at this scripture, which I want to use tonight in a similar vein, because everything that God teaches us is to equip us for what we need. And so that's why I encourage you to come morning and evening. It's not like we're doing two services so we can cater for everyone who can or can't make it. It's not like, you know, this is the second showing of the same movie. It, it, it is still the Word of God. But the way the Lord has led me for ever since we planted the church is that in the mornings we do line upon line, precept upon precept type teaching. In the evenings we go into how do I apply that in my life? How do I walk that out practically? And you want both. I said you want both. It's called a balanced diet. You have too much of a good thing. If that's all you ever eat, you can also land up in trouble. You need to balance the foods that you eat. Agreed? Say amen then. So, using this morning on the understanding of how we led by the Spirit, we had a look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Notice he didn't say that you present yourself. So you are not your body. Your body is your servant. I said, your body is your servant. Your body is not your master. Say amen. amen. So when it's crying for that piece of pie, who's in charge here? I've said it before. Your friend loves you the way you are. I love you too much to leave you like that. 
I'm yet to provoke you. Amen. So let's stir things up a little bit here. What I'm saying is that very often our bodies are wanting to do a certain thing. But we're not going to let our bodies make us do those things. Our body is our servant. You tell it when to get up. You tell it what to eat. You tell it where to go. Amen. Yeah, but we just want to lie a little bit longer and fellowship with Mr. P. Lowe and Mrs. Duvet. No, fellowship's happening down at the house of God. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of God. Get up, get dressed. We're done with pajama days and coffee and wheat bags. We're now back into Sunday in the house of God. Shout amen. So we make those decisions. You sacrifice. Notice it's a living sacrifice. Sometimes it is a sacrifice. We don't always like to do these things, but we're going to do it. I don't always feel like I want to lift my hands and praise God. It's easy when everything's wonderful and I'm dancing and driving and waving my hands. But what about when you come in here feeling like you just don't care anymore? Then we make a sacrifice of praise. Everyone say sacrifice of praise. So that make your, you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. When you think, man, I really did it today. Yeah, good. You're just starting. That's reasonable service. Amen. Yeah, but I was in church and I sang and I read the word and, I, and I'm a cell leader and I looked after the children in children's church. Good. Now we can get going. Now we appreciate that. We appreciate you. Don't ever get the idea we don't appreciate it. But for all of us, whatever we're doing, we do it in service to God. Amen. He's done far more for me than I will ever be able to repay. I don't do this to repay him. I do it in answer and appreciation for everything that he's done. That's reasonable service. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. Now, at this moment, just put a marker there because we're coming right back here. I just want to explore this world concept, world. Come with me to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Now, how does God lead us? He rules with the peace of God. May the peace of God rule in your heart. That brabio, it means to be the umpire, to be the director, to guide and to give us insight and wisdom and direction. Let the peace of God rule. He says, in this world, he wants you to have peace. That in me, you have peace. Now, in the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. How many of you picked up that in the last two years, there was some tribulation around? Anyone, anyone have it close to your house? Anyone have an encounter with tribulation. I don't think we know, I don't think anybody did not have it in some way. And if it wasn't to you personally, maybe it was somebody very close to you. 
but there's been tremendous tribulation. Now, what is the purpose of tribulation? And we saw when Jesus was talking about the different soils in Mark chapter 4, He spoke about how the enemy will bring tribulation and persecution for the Word's sake. Get a hold of this. It's not like the devil was bored one day and decided to invent a virus. No, it is always going to be a spiritual aspect to it. These people that are into conspiracy theories and all these different things, the one thing that is not a conspiracy theory is that there's a very real devil out there, the enemy of your soul, and he wants to take down the Word of God. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about your family. He doesn't care if you live or die, whether you go to heaven or hell means nothing to him. It's about the Word of God being alive in your mouth. He can combat you in the realm of the natural. He can combat you and fight you in the realm of the soul. But if you ever find out that you're a born again spirit of God with a living word in your heart and you dare to speak the word of God, he has no counterattack for that whatsoever. He does not know how to come back on the word. You go read when Jesus was tempted by the devil. With Eve, he could still negotiate. The Bible says she was deceived. Adam wasn't. Even without being deceived, he still managed to, 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 to negotiate him eating. Why? Because they were dealing on a soul realm. And when the devil tried it with the last Adam, Jesus came with a similar tactic. It worked on the first one. Well, let's hit him with the same. And he started attacking his identity and his worship of God. But you notice how Jesus responded, which the first Adam could have done. It is written. Now, the first Adam didn't have books, but he could have said, it has been said. Because that's, you notice Jesus. He often say, it is written, or he would say, you've heard it said, or you've seen it, or you... Isn't that right? And the moment he said, it is written... Bam! The devil didn't say, yeah, no, but. No, he had to change. He went to another tactic. So that tribulation has one purpose. It's not to try and kill you. It's not to try to steal from you. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Why? To take that life from you. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have that life abundantly. And so when that tribulation comes, Jesus says, you will have it. You will have it. Now, you know, <laughs> when, when, when I started studying the Word of God, it's almost like, you know, people say the Bible contradicts itself. No, it never does. If you see something that looks contradictory, you need to get deeper revelation and realize there is no contradiction. And one of the things that kind of bothered me was when Jesus said, you have what you say. And then he goes and says, you will have tribulation. Thank you very much. You, you, know, you, you, you said, I will have what you say, and you go and say, I will have tribulation. I bind that in Jesus. No, you, you can't bind the words of Jesus. Isn't that right? Jesus says, if, if, somebody, if somebody else says it to you, you can maybe bind and stop what they've cursed you with. But Jesus wasn't cursing us yet. He wasn't cursing us. He is the word. He will never curse us. He'll never violate it. And so if he says you have what you say, you recognize that this is not a, a bad confession. This is not a curse statement. This is just giving you a heads up. Listen, there is a very real devil out there, and he's coming for you. 
I don't want to be surprised by it and say, Jesus, why did you never tell me? No, he's giving you the heads up. Why? Because he's not the one that's going to deal with it. He dealt with it on the cross. He got the authority back to you. And he said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. You submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Why? Because he's put the authority in your hands. So if he's given you the authority, then you're not going to be able to handle it. Uh, You're the one that has to handle it. I'm just thinking uh, with uh, Kenneth E. Hagan, he was talking to Jesus one day. And while he was having this conversation with Jesus, there was this little demon, ugly thing he mentioned, and it was just jumping up and down and ju- in front of him and Jesus. And Jesus just kept talking. He's busy teaching Kenneth something. And, and this demon jumping up and down and screaming with a shrill voice, shouting up and down, making a noise, screaming, jumping up and down. And he's like, Wondering, why is Jesus not telling him to be quiet? He's trying to talk to me. And the more he just listened and watched, he tried to make out what Jesus was saying. Jesus spoke like there's nothing there. He just kept talking. And he's going, don't you see the demon? And so eventually he, he got rid of it. He, uh, Kenneth Hagin himself bound and said, stop it in the name of Jesus. And it stopped. And he said to Jesus, why didn't you do anything about this? He says, I don't have the authority. You're the one that has to speak. I gave you the authority. You are the voice in the earth. Can you see that? And so the moment Kenneth Hagin stopped him, the devil stopped. You're getting this. So us just waiting, waiting, waiting on Jesus. Jesus, listen, you're going to have tribulation. These things are going to come. The reason he's telling us is so that we can deal with it. We may say, but I don't know. You know, I don't know if I can deal with it. He says, don't worry. I have overcome the world. So you can be excited about that. Now, when you have a look at that, that he has overcome the world. How do you remember last week we spoke about how Saul, before he became king, he went out to go and look for the donkeys and they wanted to go see a prophet. And then you remember God was going to anoint him as king. And then when Samuel spoke over him and called him, the Bible says that when the anointing came on him, he became another man and prophesied just as much as any other prophet could. Now, he wasn't called as prophet. He was called as king. But when the anointing came on him, that same anointing enabled him to prophesy. The Bible says he became another man. Well, family of God, the good news is that when you died in your son and you gave your life to Jesus, you were born again another man. It's not like God took your old spirit and cleaned it up. No, the old spirit died. In baptism, it was buried. You bury a body, it's gone. You getting this? So if the body has been buried, then you as the spirit keep living on in heaven. So now that you're born again, the old spirit man dies in baptism, is buried. God recreates you, born of God, spirit of his spirit, offspring of God. You are born in the image and likeness of God. And that born again spirit of God with the very presence of God in you has the same authority, same anointing as Jesus. The way you saw Jesus operating in and on the earth, he has given that same anointing in you. 
And the Bible says, old things pass away, behold, all things become new. That all things is talking about your spirit, not your body. Have you noticed when you got saved, you looked in the mirror, you looked the same as you did before you went to church. So it wasn't your body that was born again. Your body will be redeemed on the day of resurrection. But until that time, you live in the same vehicle. This is your vehicle. Look after it. It's going to take you the full distance. Now, but your spirit is brand new. You became another man, another woman. It's no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. Say that. I have become another man. You can use woman if you're a woman. Amen. I just don't want to always say I'm another man or woman because I'm not a woman. So when you hear me say man, you can say woman. Amen. But man's also right because we're talking about mankind. Just say, I have become another man. So with that in mind, if, you, if he says here, he's overcome the world, go forward to chapter, chapter 17, and look at verse 15. Jesus says, I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Isn't that interesting? Jesus is praying for you. He still prays for you today. He's your intercessor. You notice when you have trouble and problems, how many times have we done it? I know, I, you know in the beginning, early days, I used to think the same way till I renewed my mind to think the way Jesus does. You know, you get into trouble, get into problems, say, well, Jesus, just please come. Just take me out of here. Now, I'm done with this earth. Take me. I, I know none of you thought that. But you notice what Jesus said? He says, I I do not pray that you take them out. Your intercessor says, stick it out. I'm not going to pray to get you out. That's not your escape. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Hallelujah. So we can call on that. Isn't that part of the Lord's prayer? You do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You can ask God to do that. Lord, this thing is heavy. It's hectic. I know it's the enemy. I'm trusting you. Deliver me. Take me out of this evil. That is scriptural. Because Yea says, I pray that you take them, keep them from the evil one. Now listen to verse 16. They are not of the world. You are not of the world. You are not of the world. Just Jesus says, I'm not of the world. You're not of the world. Someone says, do you believe in aliens? Yes, I'm one of them. The first man was born in this earth. This one is born from another planet. Heaven! I am a sojourner. I am here passing through. I am an ambassador sent from the kingdom of God. I am a foreigner <laughs> brought near by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, come on. You're getting a hold of this? You are not of this world. So I don't care what this world tries to throw at you, tries to bring against you. You do not have to take it. 
Come on. You are not of this world, family. You do not give in to the world's problems. Now, no, you, you, you're getting on in age now, and, you know, your father, he, he, he died at 67, and your grandfather, he was gone by 54, and great-grandfather, oh, man, he came down with this and with that, and just realize, you know, you're getting old now. It's going to start happening to you. I excuse me. That man died when I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I am no longer of this world. I am of the offspring of God. Bump your name and say, I got royal DNA. My spiritual DNA is out of this world. Amen. Hallelujah. Family, let me just say this because <laughs> you can always hear someone scratching in the realm of the spirit. You do know heaven is a planet. Now, it's not of a natural planet. But doesn't God create after the same kind? Everything, cats, make cats. Monkeys make monkeys. Yeah? And so if a fish makes a fish, the fish it makes has to live in water the same way as daddy fish. It's not like that fish. You can be anything you want. The fish says, well, I'm ready to walk on land. I'm going to see a monkey climb a tree. I want to be a monkey. Hallelujah. Now, you're a fish. Fish survive in water. So if God creates a man, he puts him into an earth to subdue, take dominion, just as Jesus did. He said, as I am not of this world, neither are you. Family, here's the thing. When you get to heaven, I think most of us are not going to be as surprised as we think we're going to be. It's, it's, look, listen, it is stunning. Just from what I've read, and you can't even describe it using human language. I understand. It's going to be super clean, super efficient. Everything works. It's neat. It's tidy. There's no curse. There's nothing broken, nothing missing. It's going to be phenomenal to see that. But I kind of get the idea we're going to step and go, this is just like earth. There are trees there. Rivers there. Come on, you're getting a hold of what I'm saying. There, there are roads there. The difference is we use tar and he uses gold. Uh, it, <laughs> but it's still a road. You, you understand what I'm saying? So God would fashion the earth after heaven. The only difference is that heaven operates outside of time and space, created matter. So it is in the realm of the spirit. But the Bible speaks about it being in the north. So how do you think you get there? You think we're all just going to float around in the never ever and just, you know. No, we are, we are in a place. We're going to be operating, working with God. Amen. Now, the point I'm making here is that that's who you are. That's your citizenship. That's the way God operates, the way he speaks things happen. And he gives you the same authority to do it. That's what Jesus was demonstrating. Every time he did something, even when the disciples marveled and said, why couldn't we do that? He didn't say, well, you're not Jesus. No, he said, this is how you do it. 
And he told them through prayer. And he shared them, you speak to this mountain. He told them how you can do exactly what I did. The works you see me doing, you will do the same and do greater. And so even though you're in the world, just the same way Jesus never ever adapted himself to the world, he always made the difference in the world. So if he saw hurting, he healed it. If he saw sickness, he made it whole. If he saw lack, he fed it. Come on, you're getting a hold of this. That's who you are today. So you see lack in your life. We are here not just to worship on a Sunday, come here, tick the box, and then go home and live like a sinner for the rest of the week. No, we're no longer of this world. I said we are not of this world. And we're not hungry after the world's things. We can use the things of the world, but they're tools. They're not things we pursue and chase. We're seeking first the kingdom of God. Say amen. And so we're using everything that God puts in our lives so we can make a change in society. We want to be that change. If the church went missing, would the world know? They found out. Locked down the church. What happened? The world went wild. It wasn't just a virus. It went berserk in every other way. Isn't that right? Why? Because you tried to silence the voice of the church. What would happen if the church was removed? You do not want to be on this planet the day the church is raptured. Family, if you talking zombie apocalypse, that's got nothing on what will happen in this earth once people are removed. Every demon will come out and possess every person that possibly is, has been left behind. You do not want to be around you. So make a decision today. I'm not of this world. I'm not going to live like the world. I may be in the world. Jesus says he's not taking me out, but I am no longer of the world. Look at verse 16. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Now, how is he going to do that? Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word. How are we going to withstand this world system? Not by our own hard will. No, by the word of God. Amen. Come back to John chapter 15. Look at verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. I don't, know why, I don't know if I want to go to that church. People just keep saying things about my pastor. Mm. Family, if you don't come up face to face with the devil, be concerned. Because we might be going the same direction as him. Oh, I don't want to say you because it's not you. Come on. Because when you make a stand for Jesus, the world is not going to love. We're not here to be popular. We're not here to be socially acceptable. We're not here to make sure we never get any negative comment. We are here to preach the truth. And if anybody has anything to say, if they say anything about me, I'm going to say, hang on a minute, you haven't even met me. I don't like that Ellen Bag. You haven't met me. How can you say that? 
Well, I don't like what you teach. I don't teach what I want to teach. I'm going with it is written. And if you don't like it is written, take it up with the author. But I want to live this life. I said, I want to live this life without compromise, without apology. I want to live according to the word of God. Now, why is that? Now, keep reading. It says, yeah, you are not of the world. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. Now, remember, this is not Jesus saying, well, just put up with it and hate them back. No, because he just got through saying, go back two verses and have a look at verse 16. You did not choose me. I chose you. You thought you woke up one day and said, I think I'll go to church. Uh Uh-uh. Jesus chose you. I said you were chosen. I said you were chosen. You know what chosen means? Picked you out of a crowd and you are now mine. Think about that. Out of 7 billion people on the planet, the day came when Jesus pointed at you and said, today is your day. I choose you. Give him praise. I chose you. I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Family, we did not come up with the idea that we're going to be good Christians. We didn't come up with the idea that we want to be blessed. We didn't come up with the idea. We did not invent prosperity. We did not come up with the idea that Jesus wants to heal us. That was all his choice. And I'm choosing to believe it. He says, yeah, I chose you. Go and bear fruit that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he will give it. Whatever. That is huge, family. That's a blank check. For those that don't know, our younger generation, a check is a piece of paper. You used to write on it when you wanted to give people money. You took that piece of paper and the bank actually gave them money for the paper. You give people a blank check, a piece of paper with a signature on, they could put a million rand. And if there's a million rand in your bank, the bank would have given it to them. You getting this? You have a blank check with heaven. I said, you have a blank check. He said, didn't he say whatever? What's in your Bible? How readest thou? Let's see it up again. You did not choose me. Read. I chose you. No, no. We're reading. We're not there. There you go. Ready? Read. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. That your fruit should remain that, whatever you ask. I told you, I told Jesus, don't say something if you didn't want me to believe it. I come off and say, I didn't actually mean whatever, I mean whatever-ish. <laughs> no, he said whatever. Did he say whatever? There it is. Whatever you ask the Father in my name. Now notice this, these things I command you, that you love one another. That you love. Then he goes on to say, now the world will hate you, but I've prepped you. You are the love force in this world. I'm not going to take love out of the world yet. There is a day coming 
but it's not yet. So I'm not about to take love out of this. This world needs love. This world needs God Himself. This world needs healing. It needs deliverance. It needs protection. It needs God's Word to face every circumstance that could ever come against anybody. And family of God, you and I are the voice that proclaims that good news. You and I are the ones that lay hands on the sick. We are the ones who are going to be giving. We are the ones who are doing the work of God. We are here to transform this world. To get people saved. How are we going to do it? Through this commandment of love. Say, so I don't respond the way the world responds. So go back to Romans chapter 12 now. Do not be, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Don't do things just because the world does it. Well, everybody's doing it. You're not everybody. You're not of this world. I said, you are not of this world. You are another man. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Can you hear the progression? Good, perfect, uh, good, acceptable, perfect. Good, acceptable, perfect. See, God's will is that none should perish. So when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are born again. And you are now a child of God. Doesn't matter what happens, you're destined for heaven. You are now in the will of God. But you know not yet walking in God's perfect will. His perfect will is that you prosper in all things. You live in the divine life and health of God. That you are in full authority over anything the devil brings against you. And that you are able to subdue and take dominion in this world. And that you are able to operate heaven on this earth. That's God's perfect will. So he begins to train us and teach us through the word of God. So we move from good and then we get to where we start going to church regularly and we sing the songs and we tithe. We become leaders. We take up a position. We now walking according to the purpose. We offer our bodies a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service. Now you're in the acceptable will of God. You getting this? Now God says, yes, that, I accept your service. I accept your offering. I accept your praise. But God wants to take you to another level of the perfect will of God. And what is the perfect will of God? Someone who takes this word and abides in it, dwells in it devours it, makes it part of their life. It becomes so much part of their DNA. If you poke them, you're going to hear it is written. 
If you try to do anything, it's going to be the Word of God that comes out first. Try and just come against my family. You're going to be bombarded with angels and everything heaven can possibly throw at you. Because I know my God and I understand His kingdom and I know I've got angels on back and call. He said, if I would speak the Word of God, that there are ministering spirits that are called and of commissioned to carry out the voice of God's word. That's you and me. I said, that's you and me. Amen. Family of God, we have been given this commission. Now come with me to 1 John chapter 5. Verse 1. Whoever believes Jesus is the Christ. Let me see. Anyone believe Jesus is the Christ? Bump your name and say, there I am in the book. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. See, this body was born of Mr. and Mrs. Bag. Alan James Sr. Bag and Laurie Henry Bag. I came forth from them. That's their body. But when I gave my life to Jesus, I'm now born of God. Say that. I believe Jesus is the Christ. I'm born of God. And everyone who loves Him who begot, that's God, also loves Him who is begotten of Him. You love the Father, you love the children. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. His commandments are not burdensome. And whatever is born of God, say that's me, overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Our, what is faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. See, when we take that Word and renew our minds to it, you move into those higher dimensions of the kingdom of God. And when you're operating on the realm of the Word of God, the kingdom of God, and you loving people with the love of Christ, and everything that you do is motivated from that love, then you enter into the realm where Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And now John says, if you do what Jesus does, you also overcome. And no matter what the devil brings against you, he cannot take you down. He cannot take you down. He cannot take you out. Family of God, you have Jesus in your heart. You have his living word and you speak that word. No matter what Satan throws at you, you are a world overcomer. You are not of this world. Come on, give Jesus praise. Give him praise. Give him praise like you believe it. Come on, give him glory. I want to hear the world overcomers. Come on, stand to your feet. Just lift your voice. Just praise him. Praise him like you believe you have the victory.